You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky bringing you daily Wolves content every day of the week. Make sure after the show to check out zonecoverage.com for any written Timberwolves content you're interested in, as well as all other Minnesota sports content. You can also find my other podcast, Double or Nothing, if you're looking for a way to maybe lay down some money on any of these sporting events. Go check that out at zonecoverage.com. This morning on a, a beautiful Friday morning, I'm talking to Mitchell Hansen. He is one of the contributors at ZoneCoverage.com for Timberwolves and Lynx content. Mitchell, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you. Happy Friday. Uh, it, it is good to be at the end of the week. Uh, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I had a long week of, with a bunch of stuff uh, due uh, in classes uh, for whatever reason. Just all kind of fell on this week. So it, it's good to be at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's always, always nice to, to get to Friday and have the weekend ahead of you for sure. And... We had a Timberwolves game the other night, and the Timberwolves came up with a victory. Uh, at, at points, it was a little closer than maybe I would have liked to be with the Lakers, but I was talking yesterday with uh, one of the, the hosts of the Locked on Lakers podcast, Anthony Irwin, and we were talking about how both of these teams, the, the mindset has been, or it seemed to be the mindset for the last few games for both teams, that they just need to get to the All-Star break. And so the, the susp- suspicion was that this one would be maybe closer than it should be, just because both teams were just fighting to get to the All-Star break, so there wasn't going to be a ton of defense, and that the offensive talent would win out. And the Timberwolves have plenty of talent without even having to to really uh, go out and find any uh, just because of the players they have on their roster. So the offense was never going to be a problem. It was a little tight at points, but it, the, the team looked fairly good throughout. Uh, what, what were your takeaways after the conclusion of this 119-111 win for the Timberwolves at home? You know, I, I think it, it it's definitely it was a solid win to, you know, obviously end kind of the, the – not it's not necessarily a halfway mark of the season anymore. It's kind of the three quarters mark to the season with with the All Star break now. But it's kind of a, a nice way to end that to wrap up that that first portion of of the schedule and head into the All Star break. Um, you know, like like you said, it it kind of seems like you know not not just necessarily the Timberwolves or the Lakers, but teams you know around the league. Um, you know, everyone's ready for this this break, and it's it's a well needed break. So um, you know, it, it kind of seemed like um, you know Minnesota was. I wouldn't say ran out of gas, but you know you can tell they're they're you know they're ready for a break. They need to you know have a few days to kind of kind of catch up and and you know get their bodies right to get ready for the the second half of the year. But um, you know last night last night was a nice win. I mean it was it was another one of those those games that maybe it was a little little too close for comfort, um, especially when you when you have a team like the Lakers who are playing well, by the way. But you know you do have a team like the Lakers who a lot of people you know view that uh, you know, view the Wolves as a team that that could beat them pretty easily, but. Um, you know, Minnesota, the way Minnesota won too. I mean, it was you know that first quarter was kind of a, a hectic first quarter as well as the first half and whole. Um, you know, obviously the Lakers came out of the gate and scored 39 points in the first quarter, which was never ideal. And um, you know, when somebody's coming into your house from the Timberwolves' perspective, but you know, Minnesota came back, they bounced back in the second half, and uh, they bounced back, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. So it was, it was encouraging to see, and it was like I said, a nice way to kind of wrap up the first first portion of the season. 
You're looking at the Timberwolves. Uh, you have Andrew Wiggins with eight points. He went four of 11 shooting. Uh, Towns only got nine shots. Uh, he had 10 points. It, it seemed like this was one of those games where the Timberwolves were just going to kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit and without needing to. But you also had uh, Jimmy Butler with 24 points. You had Teague with 20 points. And leading the scoring for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Taj Gibson with 28 points, baby. Let's go, Taj. Man, what a performance from him. He had seven rebounds as well. Uh, it was just, it was basically the veterans on the team uh, just kind of taking over the game and making sure that this one didn't go awry. Uh, even Jimmy Butler with the 24 points went 7 of 20 shooting for 35%. Uh, not his best game, I, I think, by any means. I, I think you'd probably agree with me as well. But he had three blocks. He had a nice sequence at the uh, near the end there in the last, I think it was the last two minutes, where he blocked uh, Julius Randle from the dunk, and then he blocked Isaiah Thomas from the drive. And you just saw what he does on defense so clearly in that back-to-back possession there where they got the offensive uh, rebound off the off the Randall block. But I, I, it was just one of those games where they just were getting to the All-Star break, and they're just so so packed with talent that they're going to win this game regardless. I, how how impressive was Taj Gibson last night? You know, he was he was definitely impressive. You know, usually we see obviously that that kind of performance. Um, you know, in the first quarter from him, he's, you know, he's obviously a player that that starts off games quick, and you know, usually has good first quarters and kind of you know spreads out throughout the throughout the rest of the game and throughout the rest of the three quarters. But you know, he he just he was a steady you know, threat last night, and that you know that's encouraging to see. And I, I think that that's another reason why you know it, it is important to have the veterans that Minnesota brought in on this team, you know, obviously having Taj Gibson, the likes of Jimmy Butler, Jeff T, even Jamal Crawford, um, you know, they, they carried the Wolves last night in a game that, you know, maybe in years past, maybe even, you know, in the last year or two, they, they dropped this game because, you know, they are looking ahead to the all-star break. It's so close to, you know, being done for a little while and kind of, um, you know, looking forward to that. And, you know, the veterans kind of, you know, stepped up and, and maybe, you know, brought, brought it up to the, to the, you know, the younger, guys attentions that hey we get we still got a game to play um you know and, and Taj Gibson you know definitely led, led the pack with obviously his career high 28 points so um you know it, it's another reason that kind of makes you you know step back and uh kind of appreciate those veterans and the veteran presence on on Minnesota and that that the Wolves do have and you know they were definitely um you know right in the middle of, of all of that success last night which was great to see. Well, you had it really was the the veteran night for the Timberwolves because, like, you're right, Jamal Crawford with the 15 off the bench was the biggest uh, was the biggest name off the bench doing stuff for the Timberwolves. Uh, Tyus Jones had, didn't have a bad night. 13 minutes, he had eight points and two assists, but uh, also two steals as well. But uh, you just think Taj Gibson, Jamal Crawford early on were really big. And to, then to finish out that game, Jimmy Butler and Jeff Teague, uh, not only were they playing well, but they were getting to the line a lot. It was just, you could just tell that even if the Timberwolves weren't really going to try very hard on defense outside of Butler, they were still going to win this game because they were doing the right things offensively. And the uh, the Lakers just looked kind of rushed and hurried on a ton of their shots, especially late in that fourth quarter. And it shows when you, you, have, you finish out the game like you started it with 35 points in that fourth quarter to the 20 that the Lakers put up. And it was just a veteran team just doing what they had to do to, to kind of cru- cruise on a, on, on a game right before the break to, mm. to get a win. 
Uh, we're going to keep talking about this game. First, we're going to hear from a few sponsors. One thing, just going away from this game, uh, looking at, at the Lakers roster, one thing I, I did take away, I really like Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. I know that mm-hmm. Josh Hart is a rookie, and he hasn't had a ton of playing time. He's gotten more now uh, with ball out, but he hasn't had a ton of playing time all season. He hasn't really put up any crazy stats, but you got to remember, Brandon Ingram was playing at guard, Josh Hart at the small forward, and those two had flip-flopped from just last game against the Pelicans. You had Brandon Ingram at small forward, and you had Josh Hart uh, at the, the starting point guard. And to have two players who can flip-flop in those positions from game to game, I just think going forward, if you're trying to if you're trying to sell free agents on coming and you're trying to get Paul George and saying you got young talent, I don't know if I'm selling Ball or Julius Randle as much as I'm selling Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Kyle Kuzma, guys that you can plug in in different spots of the roster, and they're long guys that can defend the perimeter or learn how to defend the perimeter better throughout their the rest of their career. I really like these young guys. Am I am I kind of getting too excited about these guys or are these really players who could who could be big contributors in the coming years for the Lakers? No, I'm with you. I, I really do like, you know, the pieces that that the Lakers have and the pieces that they've, you know, obtained in the last, you know, year or two. Um but, you know, Josh Hart has kind of been a, a pleasant surprise in my my opinion for the Lakers that maybe you know, it was kind of a chance they took on him that maybe they didn't know. Um, you know, he was going to pan out the way, the way he has. I'm not saying he's you know been their their best player by any means, but you know he's he's been a nice piece for them. But you know, you look at like you said, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. Those those guys are they're 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 good players, and you know that like you said that they, the thing with the Lakers is they're they're just so versatile. They can you know they can move pieces around. They have a lot of you know. Brandon Ingram can basically play any position on the floor if he really wants to, and you know he can become that that player that you know he he's got the build like Kevin Durant that can kind of be all over the floor at at, at any point in the game and at any position. Um, so you know the Lakers do have a lot of a lot of pieces, and they they do have the potential to um, you know have have a nice team if they can you know obtain those those two uh, max players or even one max player like like they want. But um, you know the the thing with the Lakers that you know, is, is dangerous in my, my opinion, um, more specifically this season is they don't have any pressure on them. They're just playing, you know, freely. And, you know, they do have a lot of young guys that just, just go out there and play. And, you know, they coming into this year, you know, a lot of people looked at the Lakers that, you know, they're, they're just trying to shed, um, you know, salary, which they, they kind of did to some extent around the trade deadline. Um, but you know, they're just trying to sh- uh, shed salary. They're just, you know, trying to maybe obtain a nice pick, you know, wait till free agency, you know, gain a couple more assets. Um, you know, and they, they didn't have any high expectations this year. And that when you play a team like that, um, you know, that, that's especially late in the year where they kind of get some confidence underneath them. That's, you know, that's a dangerous team to play. I don't care who you are or what team you are, but, um, you know, it, it's, I, I do like LA and, you know, they do, if they, you know, if Isaiah Thomas is, you know, the guy that can maybe return to somewhat a form that he was, you know, in, in uh, Boston, maybe he can be a nice piece for them the rest of the year as well. Um, you know, so they, they do have a lot of nice pieces and, you know, they, they are a dangerous team and they, you know, they have the potential to become even, you know, even better as, as time progresses for sure. Well, obviously the, 
the caveat right, is that you have to be able to develop these guys, and so much changes right. on the player development. But if you can develop them well, I don't think Isaiah Thomas sticks around after this year. Uh, I, mm-hmm. My prediction, actually, uh, when I did the uh, Tell Me I'm Wrong segment with Tom Schreier was that he would be in Europe uh, next year. But Ooh. if Lonzo Ball can just play like a Ricky Rubio and just average like 9 to 10 assists and doesn't feel like he has to be the primary scorer, and you've got Kyle Kuzma who is going to try and get going from deep and he can be an electric scorer. And you've got Brandon Ingram, who's alongside him, who can also shoot from deep, but he doesn't push as much. You saw it the other night. uh, You had Kuzma going two for nine, and he was really trying to find his his deep stroke. But Brandon Ingram went 0 for two, and when he's not feeling it from outside, he's not going to put pressure on his outside shooting. He's going to drive in and get to the free throw line. And then you've got Josh Hart, uh, a piece I – I really like Josh Hart out of Villanova. Mm-hmm. I just think he's going to be one of those kind of glue guys who's going to do a bunch of dirty work that maybe doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but he's going to make some really solid defensive plays, and he's going to make a lot of effort plays that really help his team's chemistry and help his team down the stretch in a fourth quarter. You've got some really nice pieces with the passing of Lonzo Ball in there next year. If And so if you can throw, if you can attract a guy like Paul George, or even maybe if you can grab LeBron and, and put him in there, these are some nice B-roll players around them, and I really like mm-hmm. if you can develop them well. I really like the young guys on this team. Uh, obviously, they're they're building for the future, so they're not going to be overly impressive this year. But I, I like I like the potential in a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a big thing for them too is, you know, obviously you want to get every all your guys healthy, especially young guys. You want to get them healthy. You want to get them, you know, playing experience, playing time, whatever. Um, but you know, the the big thing is. In my eyes, for you know, for them to you know attract other players, attract free agents like they ultimately want to, um, you know, they got to get Lonzo Ball back healthy. They got to get him, you know, kind of showcase him and showcase how, you know, how they look as a team with him. Obviously, you know, we we all saw him at the beginning of the year what he can do, what the Lakers can do with him on the floor. But you know, they you know, as the season progresses, you want to see that that growth within those players, and you know, other players in the league see that as well. You know, I would say LeBron probably pays attention to league i wouldn't say more than anybody else but you know he, he's always somebody that's continuously looking around looking around at other teams looking around at maybe other options whatever it may be um you know and having lonzo ball out there that you know showcasing his abilities along with you know the likes of kyle kuzma brandon ingram josh hart you know maybe julius randall whoever else it may be you know that's important and that's you know to, to showcase that growth as well um, so that you know, when when a player like maybe LeBron or Paul George or whoever it is that that they end up getting this off season or next off season, um, they you know those players are are seeing that growth and they're seeing that potential uh, in full effect. So that that'll be a big thing for for LA moving forward. Now I wouldn't necessarily say you know the wins. Obviously, like you mentioned, they're they're looking ahead to the future. But you know, as long as they can just get their guys healthy, get them out there, get them to you know get them the, that well needed experience, just kind of like what Minnesota was dealing with. You know, last year or two years ago, with with Wiggins, Levine, and, mm-hmm. and Towns, just get them out there and get the get that experience and get those get those reps, get those games under their belt. That's that's huge, um, and that you know as well as you know, showcasing their abilities, like LA ultimately wants to do. Absolutely. So now we are uh, we're officially on the All Star break. No regular season NBA games until Thursday, February twenty second. Uh, from here on out, it's all All-Star break stuff. Uh, we have the All-Star game Sunday, of course, and the All-Star uh, events all weekend long, which I love to watch. I I know that it's 
kind of corny and it's not it doesn't really mean much but i i have always enjoyed watching the dunk contest for whatever reason mm-hmm. and i've i've watched it since i was a little kid i've been watching basketball since i was like six so i've watched the the dunk competition uh pretty much my entire life and i've always enjoyed it so i'm looking forward to that stuff and i will definitely be watching the all-star game as well sunday kind of I, I have a bunch of uh, ideas and topics uh next week for shows because we will be doing daily shows even even though the Timberwolves have the week off most of the week off we'll still be here lockdown wolves will still be here doing daily shows Dedication. throughout throughout the that's right throughout the all-star break we'll be giving you content folks don't you worry about that so i got stuff planned i don't want to go too broad here but i did want to look at the month of february for the for the timberwolves it it was a it was a rocky month. They went four and three. Uh, now that that's not a terrible that's not a terrible record uh, for the middle of the season. The problem is is that they played uh, three teams in that stretch for, of four and three. They played three teams that are not in the playoffs. If if they started right now in the Lakers, Bulls, and Kings, uh, they narrowly won two of those and they lost the Bulls. And they lost to the Cavaliers on the road in overtime. Uh, they lost. They got blown out by the Rockets. Uh, and their solid wins were against the Pelicans and the Bucks. Now those are good teams, but it, it was a rocky, a rocky February, I would say. It, it, there was definitely moments, and it came on the heels of a, a tough end of January after a hot start. And there was some moments where it, it didn't look great for the Timberwolves. So if you're looking at this team, what's What's the biggest critique just in that that uh, seven game stretch? What's the biggest critique of the Timberwolves in February as we head to the All Star break for you? You know, I would say you know it's, it's kind of been a season long thing, but you know you got to stretch back to that that defense and their ability on the defensive end. Um, you know, specifically for me, uh, you know, it's trying to stop the three. I mean, you saw obviously that was showcased in you know the the Cavaliers overtime loss. Uh, you know, obviously a combined uh, NBA record forty threes. You know, you saw against. Houston, how Houston was able to, you know, kind of take over the game, uh, you know, late. They, you know, they had what well, went from like a four point lead to like a 16 point lead in a matter of, you know, basically a blink of an eye late in the game. So, you know, basically, you know, trying to stop, stop teams from beyond the arc and, and try to just kind of, you know, keep teams in check. I mean, the Minnesota, as the, you know, the, the last whatever 21 games that they have the rest of this year, even in the month of February, uh, this month, they, you know, they they need to they need to figure that out, and they need to, you know, heading into the postseason. That's something that they need to be confident, or an area they need to be confident in uh, heading into the postseason is, you know, being able to stop teams, not just trying to outscore everybody like, uh, you know, they've kind of been forced to do. Um, so, you know, stretching back to the defensive end, I would say that that's, you know, that's kind of the the biggest concern or kind of the biggest uh, area of focus I would say heading into the All Star break is. How do we, you know, how do we fix those problems? How do we, you know, become a better defensive team? Because even in the last, you know, five ten games, it's kind of slipped as far as their, you know, their numbers on on the defensive end. So that's that's a big thing for me, um, you know. And I I think if they, you know, if they were a, a better defensive team, maybe you know those those Cleveland games or the, the or the Cleveland game or the Houston game, maybe they they swing in Minnesota's favor. Uh, you know, obviously those those games were were both losses here in the last uh, week or two, but. You know, maybe maybe those games end up being uh, end up being wins, and that's you know that's that's the difference of getting you know right now for Minnesota uh, specifically. That's the difference between getting maybe the three seed or, or dropping to you know four or five, uh, you know maybe even six seed or something like that heading into the playoffs. So that's all of those things matter, and I think that that's something that they they need to focus on as they 
you know, get out of the all-star break and head into the, the final stretch of the year. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and I would definitely <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I would definitely along those same lines – talking about the defense it seems to be a lot of an effort thing and why I say that mm-hmm. I think effort really shows up in your three-point defensive stats just because it really takes defensive effort to get out to the three-point line and defend that well consistently throughout a season and you see that I was talking with uh David Naylor about this earlier in the week is they they give up from the 20 to 24 foot mark and remember the the three point line at the top is 23.75 uh feet out and in the corners is 22 feet out so that's in, encompassing the three point line 20 to 24 feet out they're giving up uh 38% shooting and from 25 to 29 feet out they're giving up 36% shooting and so i think you see that effort kind of wane away when you're playing when they played the cavaliers when they play the bulls uh, and you see the effort show up against the Bucks and, and against the Pelicans, and that both those games were never really dealt. And I know pe- the Pelicans didn't have Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon went out in the first ten minutes, but they still were playing Giannis Antetokounmpo and they were playing Chris Middleton, and they still only let up eighty nine points. And against the Pelicans, that game was never in doubt. The effort is there; it's just not there all the time. And that really shows up in the three-point shooting that they let up because I think your three-point defense is, uh, at the end of the day, more about effort than anything else, especially with the long guys they have. So I'd really love to see that effort show up consistently for the Timberwolves. And I think if you'd look at February, that's a perfect kind of tiny capsule to really encapsulate what they've done this season. You see the the really good games and you see the rough games uh, kind of come down to effort and while there there are more ta- rosters with more talent on than the Timberwolves, there's not a lot of teams with more talent than the Timberwolves, and it just comes down to that effort night in and night out. Right, and you even look at um, you know the last night's game against the Lakers. I mean, defense played you know as you know Minnesota has struggled. Don't get me wrong, you know against the around the defensive end in the last you know five games or even ten games. But you look at you know last night against the Lakers. You know that that game was neck and neck down the stretch, and you had those huge defensive plays by. You know, you had the two blocks by, by Jimmy Butler. You had uh, the drawn charge by, by Carl Anthony Towns. You had, you know, you had a couple, you know, big defensive stops on, on the on, on that end. That, that, you know, that was encouraging, and that basically won the game, or that secured the game for Minnesota. So, you know, it's little things like that that maybe, you know, people people view as, as little things or maybe getting a block to, throughout the course of the game, but that goes a long way, and that, you know, that in the end that could ultimately, uh, you know, you know, choose the uh, who wins the game and, and decide the outcome of the game uh, in the end. So that's you know that that's a big thing, and that's you know it was encouraging to see you know Minnesota. Sure, they were playing the Lakers last night, but it was kind of encouraging to see them you know kind of wrap up that game on the defensive end. Sure, they did you know they took care of business on the offensive end, but you know really really take care of things on the defensive end and, and come away with the win. So that that yeah, I, I agree with with everything you're saying, and you know that that, that is that is something that that Minnesota needs to kind of you know perfect as they they head into the, the postseason because it's it's not not anywhere near perfect right now that's for sure well yeah and if you wrap it all the way back around to that Lakers game with the what, what we've been talking about about the defense and defensive effort 35 to 20 they outscored the Lakers in the fourth quarter and you saw the defense really lock in mm-hmm. and then the rest of the game uh, they were a little lax and they really I mean if you're not playing a young Lakers team that's just honestly bad uh, you might not get to the line 31 
uh, times to the charity stripe thir- for 31 free throw attempts, uh, which was really the big difference because they hit 93% of their free throws. And so when you're going to the line that much and a team that fouls that much, I mean, if you play defense like you did in the fourth quarter, this team probably doesn't break 100. Right. That defense is there to not let them break 100. And yeah. it's just whether they, they show up consistently. And I, I think the All-Star, I'm going to say it again, I think the All-Star break is going to be really good for this team. I, I think especially with the, considering the head coach they have, I think it's going to be really good for them to just take a break, maybe reset a little, refocus, uh, and then come out strong uh, after the All-Star break because they do have some tough games after the All-Star break. You see them playing the Rockets, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, the Jazz, who are on an 11-game winning streak, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Rockets. Uh, these are all in the next couple of weeks at right out of the All-Star break. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, as good as it is to have, you know, that, that this All-Star break, don't get me wrong, that's, that'll be, I think, very beneficial for Minnesota just to kind of get their you know, get their legs up back underneath them and everyone get, you know, healthy, uh, you know, heading into the, the, you know, the second stretch of the season. But then the kind of nice thing, maybe some people won't view it, view it as, as nice as I do, but, you know, the nice thing is they, you know, they have a tough test right away, right out of the All-Star break. And I think that that will be a nice, um, you know, kind of wake-up call to Minnesota that, okay, we, we got to get back and we got to focus now. You know, they have, obviously, you mentioned Houston right out of the gate, uh, Friday, February 23rd. So, you know, that'll be a, Maybe it won't won't end up in Minnesota's favor in that game, but you know that that that'll be a nice uh, you know kind of wake up call to you know and measuring stick at the same time to see you know exactly where Minnesota's at and where they need to be um, you know and a couple things that they you know areas that comes to their attention that they you know need to fix and and get ready for the for the end of the season and into the postseason. So that that'll be a nice test um, you know against Houston, one of the, obviously one of the top teams in the league, especially in, in the West, but. Um, yeah, they they don't have uh, necessarily an easy schedule. It's easier than what you know what they went uh, went through in in the month of February and in the beginning of the 2018 year. But um, you know they they do have a they do face some tough teams and they they do face some quick. So it'll be uh, you know Minnesota's got to refocus and, and kind of you know get ready for the for the second half of the year very quickly. March 8th through the 18th. Circle that time frame on your calendars, folks, because Celtics, mm-hmm. Warriors, Wizards, Spurs, Rockets are the, are those games. That's that's the, the toughest stretch of the season right there. And, uh, right. and the nice thing with that is road. – Yeah, exactly. Nice, nice thing with that is, you know, three of those are at home, which Minnesota's been playing well, but not saying that, you know, it would be any easier because it, it is – they do play the Celtics, Warriors, and Rockets at home, but, um, you know, it's – that that might help a little bit playing in front of the home crowd, especially with how well Minnesota's been playing. But that's yeah, that is a very very tough stretch. It is. Uh, we're going to take one more break before we get to Mitch's love hate segment. Every time Mitchell Hansen comes on the show, he gives us what he loves and what he hated from the last week of Timberwolves basketball. And this is uh, you got a bit of a hiatus now because I assume that you will be on the show uh, next week, but. It won't be any Timberwolves basketball to talk about, so we will have a, a week intermission from this segment. So, uh, people, soak it up, enjoy it, because you're going to go without for a little bit. Mitch, <laughs> what's your love hate from this last week of Timberwolves basketball? Well, I'll try and go out with a with a bang for for a couple weeks. I've, there we go. I've kind of a little complex uh, of love love portion of this, so that's well, we'll end the week on on some love. But I love it. Um, well, let, let's actually start with hate. We gotta we gotta end it on a high, on a high note. 
Um, you know, I, obviously we were talking about earlier, you know, with, with the, the defensive end of the ball, um, you know, that, 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 that's something that I, I don't necessarily hate, but I'm, I'm not liking so far, um, you know, in the month of February and in the start of this 2018 uh, calendar year. Um, obviously Minnesota, you know, we, we talked about a little earlier, but they're, they're 26 in overall defensive rating, which, you know, obviously isn't great. They're, they're good on the offensive end of the ball, which kind of evens things out and kind of, kind of skews it in their favor a little bit. But, um, you know, well, even the last five games, you know, Minnesota, they, they have struggled. They, they play some tough competition as well. Like, like we mentioned, they played, you know, Houston. They, you know, they lost a close one to Chicago. They, they lost a, that thriller to, to Cleveland in overtime. But the last five games, you know, they, they've been the second worst team in the league in, um, uh, defensive rating. You know, they're only ahead of Phoenix. So that's, Phoenix has been struggling this Yikes. year as well. So. Um, you know, it's, it's something that they need to, they need to figure out. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it's the, the bulk of the, the reason for that is, you know, that fatigue setting in or maybe that, you know, they're ready for the all-star break and, you know, that they can kind of regroup and, and kind of, you know, like I said, get their feet back underneath them for the second half of the year. So hopefully, hopefully that's the case and hopefully it's nothing, you know, more or deeper than that. Um, because that's, you know, that's obviously been a, an area for concern so far for, for the Wolves this year. And, um, that's something that they they gotta they gotta fix. They want to you know win a win a playoff series or two here in the in the postseason. So um, that that's the the hate portion, um, love portion. You know you got to give it up for for Minnesota's you know first three basically three fourths of their season um, so far. You know they as much as you know the, this team I wouldn't say gets critiqued, but that you know a lot of you know even maybe maybe local media or, or some, to some extent national media I wouldn't say rips on Minnesota, but you know they're people are looking at Minnesota closer than they probably have in a while because they are, you know, they have improved for, uh, you know, based off of last year and even in the last, you know, decade that, uh, you know, that they've been around. So, you know, it's, you know, Minnesota's, they've, they've been, they've had a good year and they've, you know, they, they are a good team. And I, I think that, you know, the, the first three fourths of the season, it's been kind of an up and down roller coaster, but Minnesota, you know, they, they've been, they've been good for the, for the most part, you know, obviously they're, they're fourth in the West. They're just, percentage points behind the Spurs for the, the number three seed. They're obviously 36 and 25 overall. Great start to the to the year. Um, you know, they put together three separate five-game winning streaks so far this year. That's not an easy easy thing to do by any means. Um, you know, they're, they're an amazing team at home. They're, they're 24 and 7 at home so far. Um, you know, they're, they're killing it against the West. They're 27 and 10 against the West. Obviously, first in the division, 9 and 2 against division opponents. Um, so, you know, they, they've had a, a nice, nice year. They, you know, they've they put together a nice uh, three fourths of the year. They they have 21 games left, like I mentioned earlier. So they they, they can't rest now. They they uh, you know obviously they we talked about the the tough stretch in their schedule that they have coming up in March. So um, they they got to finish it out uh, strong. They got to you know uh, obviously fix some things as they go into the playoffs. But um, you know Minnesota for the first time in a really a you know handful of years or even the last decade we've. We've been able to. Uh, we haven't been able to say that Minnesota's been a good team, and you know they are a good team, and they've you know they they're looking like a playoff team, which should get a lot of a lot of Minnesota fans excited for sure. If they win under half, if they win ten games the rest of the season, they have jumped their win mark by fifteen from one year. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. yeah, that's unbelievable. You don't see that too often, especially with you know the overhaul of the roster too. I'm not saying that. You know, if because of the overall or overhaul of the roster, that you know they wouldn't do this. But you know, with the way that they've kind of brought in a lot of guys, kind of similar to what you know Cleveland's going through now, with basically and uh, you know having basically a hand or four new guys or a handful of, of new guys on the team. Um, you know, it, it is it's 
it's you know it's been impressive to watch and you know they there you look at this team that Minnesota has now and you look at it compared to you know what Minnesota had maybe even two years ago or what they had a handful of years ago I mean it's it's pretty impressive and you know you look back at those those teams that we thought were maybe playoff teams or you know the the Derek Williams uh you know Ricky Rubio Kevin Love teams we look at those teams and it's it's you look at that team compared to this team, and it's like okay, this this is what a playoff team looks like, and we you know we kind of thought that those teams back then were playoff teams, which they you know obviously they could have been, but um, you know it's it's encouraging to see, and it's you know it's it's been a fun three fourths of the year, even with the, the ups and downs. That's the beauty of the NBA season. So it's it's we're finally in the home stretch. We've got a little over twenty one game or a little over twenty games left. We got twenty one games in total, so it'll, it'll be fun the rest of the year. There you go. There's the love hate. Make sure you you rewind it, listen to it again, soak it up. It's gonna be a while before you get another stuff. one. It was enough stuff for two weeks, so I had to I had to bring it this week. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, it is All Star break, but only for the players. We will be back on Monday. Got a bunch of fun shows planned for uh, All Star break content. So make sure you you tune in for those. Mitch, thanks for coming on, and thank you to the listeners for tuning into another. Lockdown Wolves Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Lockdown Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Lockdown.